Lecture topic. Seeking forgiveness. Alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillahi wa kafa wa salatu wa salamu ala ibadihi al-lazeen astafa. Amma ba'du fa'udhu billahi minash shaytanir rajeem. Bismillahir rahmanir rahim. وَمَا خَلَقْتُ الْجِنَّ وَالْإِنْسَ إِلَّا لِيَعْبُدُونَ صَدَقَ اللَّهُ الْعَظِيمُ Most respected students of deen, mothers and sisters. This ayat of the Qur'an Sharif is very often discussed because this is the summary of it all. Where Allah Ta'ala says that I have not created insan and jinnat except liya'budun so that they may worship me so we are all here in this dunya this whole universe is functioning as long as there's a mu'min still around in the hadith sharif it is mentioned that qiyamah will not come until there is at least one person also saying allah allah what this refers to is there is one mu'min still living and that is what will become the situation very close to Qiyamad. It is mentioned in the Hadith Sharif that a wind will blow, very very gentle wind, and it will take the ruh of every mu'min living on the earth at that time. So in that one blow of that wind, not a single mu'min will remain. All will then, a very gentle wind will come and all pass away. And then they'll only be the worst of people then on the surface of this earth. And when the worst of people only are left, then Qiyamah will come. So in other words, Allah will spare the mu'mineen from that situation that they witness the actual happening of Qiyamah. That too is Allah Ta'ala's special grace, Allah Ta'ala's special mercy, Allah's kindness on the believers. That the actual occurrence of Qiyamah, which will be an extremely severe matter, the details or some of the details of exact of what will happen on that day are mentioned in the Quran Sharif so it is something which will be a very very difficult and severe moment for those who experience it Allah Ta'ala's grace and kindness on the believers that they will be spared the witnessing of this final moment but the point is that what we learn from this is that as long as there's one mu'min alive, this entire universe will continue functioning. The sun will, will rise, the sun will set, the moon will shine, the stars will be shining, the rain will come, the land will keep growing its vegetation, and all the things throughout the universe will continue functioning. Why? Because of one mu'min still around. In other words, the value of that mu'min is more than this entire universe. Because when there's no mu'min left, then there's no need for this universe, the whole universe will be destroyed. And qiyamah will come. So that is the value of one mu'min. That is the value of the iman of every person. The lowest mu'min also, that's the value of his iman. So now this whole world and whole universe is functioning because of the mu'mineen. Now the question is, what is the purpose of that mu'min in the universe? The universe is functioning because still there is a believer around. What is the purpose of that believer in this universe? 
So in this ayat of the Quran Sharif, Allah Ta'ala describes the very same aspect that وَمَا خَلَقْتُ الْجِنَّ وَالْإِنسَ إِلَّا لِيَعْبُدُونَ That I have not created insan and jinnat except for one purpose. And that one purpose is that they engage in my ibadat. They engage in worshipping me. Now worshipping Allah Ta'ala to worship Allah Ta'ala, what does that mean? So this is a very clear aspect, but still sometimes misunderstood. Misunderstood in the sense that very often Iman and very often Ibadat is confined to just certain aspects of life. Some person is now very conscious of their Salah, so they feel they did everything, they got nothing else to do. So indeed Salah is the most important fundamental after Iman and if Salah is not in order then everything else will also be in a problem. But Deen doesn't finish off with Salah. Apart from Salah there is also fasting, there is Zakat as well, there is Hajj also, Zakat and Hajj upon those upon whom it becomes Farz. But likewise there are other aspects of Deen which are also necessary and also extremely important. <clears throat> now, many of those things are often just totally neglected or partly neglected, sometimes not even regarded as a part of Deen, whereas this is an extremely important part of Deen. So Allah Ta'ala out of His grace, His kindness, His compassion on His servants, Allah Ta'ala brings about certain occasions out of His grace and mercy, which become a means of highlighting that these are also extremely important aspects in deen, and therefore a person cannot take chances in this. So now among those occasions is the 15th of Sha'ban that come to highlight to us certain aspects of ibadat which we take for granted. But they are an extremely important part of deen and not fulfilling these aspects can lead us to major problems in the akhirat. So in any case, this occasion that is now very close, we can call it almost at our doorstep, the occasion of the 15th night of Sha'ban. So this is among the greatest occasions in the year. Month of Ramadan is obviously the month of Ramadan, but then in Ramadan is Laylatul Qadr, and according to some, after Laylatul Qadr, this has the next rank. So it's a very, very great occasion, very important occasion in the calendar of a Muslim, very great opportunity from the side of Allah Ta'ala. Now, the thing is, the first part of this is, all these things about what we are talking about, very great occasion, very important occasion, very great opportunity, but all this only makes sense to somebody who understands what this is all about, has that zeal of Iman, has that inner vision, and if he doesn't have the inner vision, then he is ready to accept somebody with that vision. 
then too inshallah like a blind person a blind person decides that I can do it my own I don't need anybody I will go where I want I will walk where I want I will even maybe some blind person then might say if he wants to drive he'll drive too so now where he's going to drive to is obvious and if he just walks around everywhere that too is obvious what will finish off one place one person who was blind was very familiar with the place so he used to generally walk around himself because he was it was a place that he was familiar with all the time so he used to go about whatever he needed to do in that immediate vicinity himself just feeling his way and carrying on in that yard basically now somebody was suddenly doing some construction they forgot that this person walks around here and they had dug a deep hole for whatever the purposes was, some kind of excavation, whatever they were doing. And now this person was familiar with the yard, but now they cleared all the rubble on the side, they, whatever they were doing, this person fell into it, he passed away. Now, this is the lesson that we have to take, that if a person is not sighted, he doesn't have the sight, then he must have the support of somebody with sight. Otherwise he's going to trip over somewhere, he's familiar to a lot of the space around him, but if somebody else left something in the way, he'll never know. Maybe he might just, if he's lucky enough, he might feel it with maybe some stick in front of him. Now somebody is now too familiar with the surroundings in that home, so now they don't take the stick every time and walk, so now they'll trip over something. They might bump into something. One masjid, also there was one person who was not sighted, he was blind, so he used to walk in that masjid, out of the masjid, etc. It was so long, he's doing it for years. So he had become very familiar with it and he knew how to make his way around. Obviously, just keeping his hand in front of him. But now one day they were doing something in the masjid, so they had erected some scaffolding. And they forgot about this person walks in and out on his own sometimes. Now he's got his hand in front of him roughly at his chest level. But that scaffolding one bar was by his head level. Now as he's walking with his hand in front of him, trying to feel his way forward, but he he didn't he missed this because this was above the height of where his hand was. And he walked right into it and he hit it with force with his head. Now that scaffolding is very strong iron. So he got badly injured. Now these are just some examples for us to understand. Either a person has that sight or then he must take the support of somebody who's sighted. Likewise with the insight. This is external sight. Likewise with the insight. If a person has that insight, so then that sight itself will drive him in the right direction. He can see now where's the harm and where's the profit. He can see where's the gold and where's the dirt. So now he'll, with that inner sight, he will grab the gold. Because gold is gold, so he'll grab the gold. He won't be sitting idly and saying, well, if somebody else takes it, it's alright. He'll grab it. And the dirt, he'll walk far away from it. But now if that sight is missing, so now we have to trust somebody with sight, that insight. And if they are, and now who has more insight than Nabi Karim Wasallam? He saw everything and the realities of Akhirat with his own eyes. So now that personality who has the most perfect insight as well, he is informing us that what a great occasion this is and how much we can earn in these Mubarak 
moments. So now we have to trust on that and give up all our other stories on the side and don't deprive ourselves. Don't deprive ourselves. Like that child now, the parent is, or somebody wants to give the child a gift of some, some gold or something, but that child is insistent or somebody else is offering a chocolate, is going there. You come here and take this. No, no, he's taking the chocolate. Why? Because that's what he can understand. His eyes can only understand that much. Now later when he'll grow up, the regret will be so much that now when he'll get to know that person was offering a bar of gold. So now, he's every time there's some financial little squeeze or something or he wants to buy something extra and he'll be regretting and regretting so badly that if only I took that gold at that time, then I wouldn't have been still now scratching my head here. But it's too late now. That opportunity is gone. So likewise, we have this opportunity coming. Allah Ta'ala keep us alive till then. Allah Ta'ala enable us to see the Mubarak moments of Ramadan as well. But if this time comes and goes, we lost out. We lost out very badly. And then in the Akhirat, we will be regretting very dearly. Too late then to regret. So now what the point is, that these occasions are very great occasions. So on the one side, we must make the maximum to gain the benefits and the rewards of these occasions. Now what is the main benefit? Is to connect to Allah Ta'ala. How? To make sincere tawbah, and these are very mubarak occasions, to engage in a lot of dua, that dua gets accepted and we get connected to Allah Ta'ala, our dunya and akhirat is made. So that is what we have to primarily focus on how to connect ourselves to Allah Ta'ala. And these occasions come to highlight that. Now together with that, as we started off on the note of Ibadat, while on the one side these occasions are so great, Allah Ta'ala, out of His kindness, out of His grace, out of His compassion for His servants, Allah Ta'ala linked up certain things to these occasions, because all this is linked to His, by His command, Allah Ta'ala linked up certain things to his, these occasions, which highlight to us other aspects of ibadat, which we take for granted. And because we take it for granted, we do the opposite. And when we do the opposite, not just we deprive ourselves, we terribly harm ourselves. Now, just to take a few aspects that are mentioned regarding those who become deprived of the forgiveness of the 15th of Shaban. So Allah Ta'ala forgives countless people. Now we hear about this forgiveness, maghfirat, forgiveness, maghfirat. What's this forgiveness, maghfirat? I don't have any idea. Okay, it's fine, it's there, but, you know, but now overdoing it now. Every time, every bayan we're hearing maghfirat, forgiveness. Really, we don't have any idea what this forgiveness really means and how great a na'mat of Allah Ta'ala this is, because everything in dunya and akhirat, the khair and the good of dunya and akhirat, all depends on this forgiveness. If this forgiveness comes, because we are all the time stepping out of line, somewhere or the other, erring here, making a mistake there, slipping up here, falling there, some gaze slipped up somewhere, the tongue slipped up somewhere, the heart slipped up somewhere, the mind got caught up in something deliberately and what not happens, we do so many things that we don't even realize what we did. We don't even realize where we slipped up. So now that forgiveness comes and clears up all this. But 
the reality of it will only be realized in the akhirat. What this forgiveness means. And there are times in this dunya also, people realize what forgiveness means. How many situations, how many situations people realize what forgiveness means. Now, some examples, one, two examples of in day-to-day life, how people realize what forgiveness means. Now, there have been several instances in the past, many, many, it's almost recurring thing. Now, somebody, something they really messed up badly, as a result of which, now, for example, somebody's wife now left him, went away. Or somebody, the husband decided now he's walking out of this, he wants to give the talaq. But whoever decided now they do not want to continue with this marriage anymore because it's, in, it's reached a peak of whatever the issue was and the person's repeated wrong. But the other party is now desperate to try and save this marriage. Whatever the reasons might be for them to want to be so desperate for it, obviously they want to try and now save the marriage. But now they desperate for it. And this party is saying, I am unable to continue. Now we've seen these kind of situations, how the person who is desperate to try and save that marriage, starts pleading, begging, trying anything and everything to convince the other party that please, what I did now is over, I've made toba, I've done this, I've done that to make amends and I'm going to commit myself to this and that. And so many things are now all put in. Why? Because if this person now decides, okay, I've forgiven that, whatever you've done, so then this marriage can continue. So the whole continuation of that marriage is dependent on the forgiveness of the other party. The other party is insan. We have crossed the line in terms of insan. That insan, whoever it might be, hasn't created us. That insan doesn't nourish us and sustain us. That insan hasn't given us the oxygen every moment to be able to breathe in. That insan, we eat food, but that insan may have helped to present the food, but the provider is Allah Ta'ala alone. But as a means, that insan might have presented the food. But neither is that insan the provider, and after that food is swallowed, that insan got no control over that food getting digested and becoming nourishment. That insan got no play, doesn't play any role in all these things. All the systems and organs of the body, that insan has got no way that they can play any role in it. All this is purely the grace of Allah Ta'ala. That insan nevertheless does some limited ihsan. That insan makes some limited ihsan as a means. But we are obliged to be grateful to the means as well. But now because we overstep the mark of the means, the person who is just the means, we overstep the mark and now they are upset. So we are so desperate to gain their forgiveness. Who? The forgiveness of the person who is merely the means. But that is necessary also. That is also necessary. But how desperate people get for that? Now can we imagine we have crossed the line that Allah Ta'ala set for us. The khalik of the means. The real nourisher and sustainer. The only nourisher and sustainer. And who is keeping us functioning. Now we are worried about and trying to secure the forgiveness of insan. But we are not really concerned about the forgiveness of Rabbul insan. Of Allah Ta'ala. We are taking that for granted. If 15 night came and went now, one of those things. 
night of Juma came and went one of those things we haven't understood what this forgiveness means a person on the day of Qiyamah might be then running around for one good deed to pass because if he doesn't get forgiven then he's doomed to go through Jahannam first Allah Ta'ala protect us and save us so these occasions are very very great occasions very important occasions where Allah Ta'ala shows his maghfirat many many people countless but certain people get deprived of the maghfirat of these occasions as well now as mentioned we sometimes take for granted some kinds of ibadat we don't even take it as ibadat Allah Ta'ala out of his grace linked up certain things so that we become conscious of that ibadat now for example one simple example to keep the heart clean consciously keep the heart clean towards everybody this has been discussed on many occasions before there are two separate matters and issues here one issue is the feeling of some pain some emotion some pain and the other is keeping dirt in the heart harboring malice these are two totally separate issues if somebody wounded you physically and you decided to forgive the person because you realize now okay it was something by mistake it happened or whatever or even the person was deliberate to he really now is so remorseful and so regretful so you decided to forgive him so you forgave him so it's forgiven now there's no way that he's going to be taken to task for that in the akhirat because you have forgiven it and you got tremendous reward for it but the fact that you've forgiven it does it mean that that wound now for example it was a deep gash or some other wound now so now the moment you forgave it instantly that wound is going to heal and you're not going to feel the physical pain of it that physical pain now will take a while as the wound heals and then it finally closes up then you don't even realize that once upon a time there was a wound here that wound heals so completely that now there's no sign of the, any any scar left also sometimes so that's the same thing that there's a scar on the heart there's a wound on the heart and the heart is far more sensitive than any other organ of the body so if the heart has been wounded the heart has been hurt so now that is something in not in anybody's control so the heart is wounded so the pain is there but now you decided to forgive you clean the heart out you're not harboring any malice so the heart is clean but it's still paining because the pain is not in your control to forgive is in your control the pain is an emotion the pain of the heart is an emotion and that emotion is involuntary so you're not accountable for what is involuntary but your heart is clean what is the difference one is where because somebody did something to us so now we are wishing ill for the person we find an opportunity we make a ghibat of the person we see the person we start thinking low of him start looking down upon him this is such a despicable person nauzubillah how lowly this person is how can he do such a thing such a terrible person he is so we regarding ourselves as better than him we looking down upon him yes the wrong he did was wrong now if he forgave it then that too should be now the chapter is closed but now if we harboring this 
And then now we're wishing, oh, I hope he catches it also someday. I hope this happens to him. I hope he falls and breaks his head somewhere. Now, all this is wishing ill for the person. This is malice. So now on such a great occasion like the 15th of Shaban, it is mentioned that the forgiveness of Allah Ta'ala does not come to such people who harbor malice. Now, to keep the heart clean and to keep cleaning it, this is a great ibadat, a very great ibadat. But that is not regarded as an ibadat. Generally, unfortunately, not regarded as ibadat. But now when some, some dirt came in the heart regarding somebody, so now the effort was made to clean the heart out. Effort was made to clear whatever the negativity is. But instead of clearing it, now we're harboring it, we're adding to it, we're going beyond that. Now that is a very big problem. The emotion, the emotion is the emotion. In that emotion also we make dua for the person. That will reduce that emotion also. That's like the balm on that wound. Make dua for the person. Now these are occasions when we should take special care to clean our hearts out. Because we can't afford to get deprived of the forgiveness. So we clean our hearts out. What do we lose? Just make the niyat in the heart. Ya Allah, whoever has hurt me in some way, Ya Allah, who swore at me, who told me some things, who made some false accusations against me, who did this, who did that, whatever. Ya Allah, I've forgiven them all. If we don't forgive, what, what's, what's the benefit? So somebody might think, well, the benefit is, I will get the rewards of the person in Akhirat. Indeed, if somebody has harmed us, we'll get the rewards in Akhirat. So, we'll be able to claim the rewards in Akhirat. But what do we know, and this is really the case, that the forgiveness will bring more than his rewards also. So now, if somebody was, for example, hurt us in some way, just as an example, that the person hurt us by swearing us or whatever, so now, as a result of that, somebody who got sworn at was entitled to take maybe, say, 100,000 of his sawab. I said this example, 100,000 of his sawab. But what do we know that by forgiving him, we might get 200,000 sawab. And that really is the case that there's more sawab in the forgiveness than claiming. Because this is an amal, this is a mujahada. And Allah Ta'ala grants tremendously on this mujahada. This is a mujahada. And this is an amal that a person is doing now voluntarily which takes a lot of courage, which takes a lot of inner strength. And now he's mustering the courage and doing the necessary. So this is what's to be done. Now in this way, inshallah, we can earn tremendously great rewards. So what we need to now uh, do is that niyat. There was one very great personality, Sirri Sakati Rahmatullahi. He was the Sheikh of Sheikh Abdul Qadir Daylani Rahmatullahi. You can imagine now what a great personality. One day he was walking somewhere with his associates and friends. Now they're going now, but they came around by the bank of the river. So now on the riverside or in the boat in the river, there was one group of youngsters. And this group of youngsters now were in a parting mood. So now when people are in this kind of parting mood, then they sometimes lose sense. Very often, unfortunately, this happens. We see sometimes when people are in the parting mood and the celebratory mood, so-called celebratory mood, 
at the end of the year now, December and so on. So now what they become? They become like animals sometimes. Behave like animals, hurting people, causing harm here, there, and that, that becomes fun. Now that's a very mean nature. Sometimes you get two, three people now getting together, so now they're in a you know, mood for fun. So now they're in a mood for fun. So now how to have a lot of fun? So now what they get a lot of fun in? By hurting others. So now somebody will spur, one person will spur the other one. Okay, she's coming just now. You must just you know, make this comment. And we'll see now how she reacts. Because she doesn't like to be called like this or this. Now we'll see how she reacts. So now they're going to say something which they know is hurtful to somebody else. And why? Because that person will get upset and the person might start saying something that will all become very exciting for them. The person who thinks in that manner, they need a very urgent checkup, personal checkup, meaning they must check their hearts, they must check their minds, they must check what kind of people they are, what kind of qualities they have within them. Is it insani qualities? qualities of human beings or animalistic qualities and make efforts to cleanse the heart of this cleanse the life of this that where a person is finding fun and excitement in somebody else's pain this is not part of any insaniyat any humanity let alone a mu'min who is on a very high level even basic humanity also this is not anyway in that picture so in any case now, the rewards, such great rewards to be attained. Now we are talking about Siri Sakhati Rahmatullahi. So now these people now saw this some you know, person now in this like you know, very pious people looking. So these are the people must make fun of. So now there's somebody pious, make fun of them, because now these people are all backward. They all lost in another world. So now we unfortunately do silly things like this also. Somebody in our, some classmate of ours, somebody else, some cousin, some sister, whoever, decided she's going to now take some steps forward in life, in terms of her deen. She's going to now be doing, maybe giving up all social media. So now she made a decision now. She's deleting all social media. Or she's not going to dress in an immodest manner. She's not going to be wearing these jeans and these tops and all these tight-fitting clothes and all these things. She's not going to be doing all this. Now, somebody decided to take this fo step forward, so now we become the obstacle. Now, we're going to mock them. It's old-fashioned now. person is lost case. Mock them. So now, these are the kind of things that bring great problems for us, and azab, in fact. So now, what the point is, is that these people also, they saw Sirri Sakti Rahmatullahi and his, many of his associates now all walking. So they decided to now start mocking them. So now they're mocking him now because he's right in the front. They're mocking him. Somebody made some silly comment. Somebody is now passing some remarks. Somebody is swearing something. Nausbillah, whatever. So now the people who were with him, one of his students, whoever, he got very upset at this, and he turned to him and he said, "You know, this is so hurtful. People are making all these really hurtful comments against you. Make baddua for them. Because now what else do we do now?" can't go and confront them directly because this is the kind of people now they will start fighting and what not will happen so just make baddua for them just curse them so he raised his hands in dua and he said Ya Allah you have given them some kind of happiness here in dunya they are feeling like they are happy 
But Ya Allah, you have qudrat of giving them the happiness of akhirat as well. So Ya Allah, you give them the happiness of akhirat. Now this person is done now, what I asked for, and what, what is being done here. So he replied and said, that if they don't get the happiness of akhirat, what did we gain in it? And if they gain the happiness of akhirat, what did we lose in it? The other part of it is, that if Allah Ta'ala decrees now that this person too should get the happiness of akhirat, then Allah will make the decision for his life to come in order in dunya also. Because that is the process by which he will get the happiness of akhirat. So that dua for the happiness of akhirat was that he must get hidayat as well. And do the right things in life. Now the lesson in this, that how clean that heart was. That that heart, maybe he also took some maybe effect of that, whatever was being said. But he still wished so well for them. He still wished so well that even when asked to make bad dua, when asked to curse, he raised his hands and made dua for them. Now that is what is meant by having a clean heart. And on such occasions, this is highlighted. That look, this is an ibadat also. This is an ibadat. And clean the heart out of any malice, any ill feeling. Pain is pain, emotional, emotions are emotions. But this is the thing to now work forward towards. So, this is what we have to also now start focusing on. We are approaching these very Mubarak days. Often now, on that night, we listen into some, some bayan somewhere and then start thinking about what we heard by the time the night is over. Because then we fell asleep too. While listening to the bayan, we fell asleep. Then we woke up in the morning only. So, that is going to be too late now to gain the benefits and the rewards of these occasions. From now, we start focusing on this one aspect immediately and also try to familiarize, familiarize ourselves with all the other issues and aspects, inshallah, our Maldimas will, will highlight these things to us. We start cleansing our hearts out and we start focusing correctly so that we gain the good of dunya and akhirat and most importantly, we become close to Allah wa ta'ala and gain His connection. May Allah wa ta'ala give us the tawfiq, cleanse our hearts out completely from all the dirt and filth of any sort and Allah ta'ala fill our hearts with His muhabbat and with the muhabbat of Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and the muhabbat of deen wa akhir da'wana anilhamdulillahi rabbil alameen Allahumma lakal hamdu kulluhu wa lakal shukru kulluhu Allahumma la nuhsi thana'an alayk anta kama asnayta ala nafsik jazallahu anna nabiyana muhammadan sallallahu alayhi wa sallam bima huwa ahlu rabbana ulamna anfusana wa illam takhfil lana wa tarhamna lanakunanna minal khasirin ربنا آتنا في الدنيا حسنة وفي الآخرة حسنة وقنا عذاب النار اللهم آت نفوسنا تقواها اللهم آت نفوسنا تقواها وزكها أنت خير من زكها أنت وليها ومولها اللهم اغفر لنا وارحمنا وارض عنا وتقبل منا وأدخلنا الجنة ونجنا من النار وأصلح لنا شأننا كله ولا تكلنا إلى أنفسنا طرفة عين ولا تنزع منا صالح ما أعطيتنا اللهم إنا نسألك من خير ما سألك منه نبيك وحبيبك سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم ونعوذ بك من شر ما استعاذك منه نبيك وحبيبك سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم أنت المستعان وعليك البلاغ ولا حول ولا قوة إلا بالله العلي العظيم وصلى الله تعالى على خير خلقه سيدنا محمد وآله وصحبه معين والحمد لله